Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fifth Down. I am your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? It's been a minute. It's definitely been a minute. You know, spring is here. Um, definitely a lot to look forward to. Country opening up. Spring is here, and, and WrestleMania is around the corner. So, definitely a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward that, to. That's true. It is WrestleMania season. Uh, you know, it's the best time of the year, and this year it's too big for one night, so it is two nights. Okay, two nights featuring the weekend, yes, once again, yes, but different song. It's uh, <laughs> save your tears this year. I mean, if we know one thing, keep an eye out for the Gronk if he is anywhere there, oh, he might oh. walk out with a championship belt, he might, Raymond he might James try to get back plus yeah. the Gronk. I mean, it's a ch- it's championship season for him over there. Twenty four seven champion. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, rumor and innuendo has it that they're going to be allowed, I believe, twenty five thousand. Um, okay. And I believe Vince McMahon was finally convinced to allow cardboard cutouts because uh, for a while there he found that to be a stupid idea, but I think now he prefers that to empty seats. Well. Took a while, but came around. Yeah, you know. Well, you know. Yeah, he's Vince. We we all. Know. Yeah, it's Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We we all aspire to one day be able to have the Vince McMahon walk. N- never, never actually. No, no, no chance. No chance. No chance. Hell. You got. So you mean, Brad, that you never wanted to join the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club? No, no. He's not even the best McMahon. Uh, the order. <laughs> listen, the order is Shane O'Mac, then Ooh. Stephanie, Ooh. then Vince. No, okay. no, Lin- Lin- Linda. You forgot Linda, oh, Brad. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, don't Linda. Forget about Linda. 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 Uh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that, that Linda worked for the the greatest president in the history of this country. Mm-hmm. Donald J. 45, Trump. 45. And now he has his own website, guys. Yeah, one of those. But yeah, yeah. like Vince, he, he's number four on the list of all-time great McMahons. But who, who could have a better voice than Vincent Kennedy McMahon? I mean, when he wanted to like really lay it out there like no one can do it like him i mean he can't even do it anymore but like back in the day when he used to do introduce wrestlemania he used to be like welcome to wrestlemania oh oh, no vince was something you know in his prime but you know nowadays you know he just doesn't have it anymore jose jose Jose, it was more like you're fired yes and that was another classic And then you had, you know, the goats like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin stuttering him. And you had the rock, you know, always messing with him. Then it became then it then it transitioned to John Cena in the 2000s. And, you know, and I mean, it's a, it's a, it's different today. You know, that's why, you know, now that the WWE Network is on Peacock, they're getting a lot of their stuff edited out because it's inappropriate for 2021. Yeah. So but hey, well, definitely. A lot to look forward to, the, yeah. you know, next weekend. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what, what their programming is all about these days. Yeah. And, and 
You know, we have celebrities apart uh, being a part of this year's WrestleMania. Bad Bunny, guys. He's he's a part of this year's WrestleMania, so definitely check it out. You know, we're not getting paid to sponsor them, so you know, we're just doing this out of the kindness of our hearts because we are lifetime wrestling fans. Well, except for Brad, I don't think he's a lifetime fan. No, not a lifetime fan. You know, but I do appreciate wrestling. the The Attitude Era, the Golden Era, uh, definitely had its moments. Yeah, but you know, now moving on to what our show is really about, um, we we are going to talk about a series of topics you know uh starting with uh, the nba you know um we 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 missed last week but there was some uh some developments um the trade deadline came and went uh we thought the lakers were gonna strike out completely but they lucked out and they were able to get andre drummond through the buyout market how did you guys feel about that personally it made I'm really excited about it. I mean, it sucks that Brooke Lopez's big-ass foot um, hurt his toe, but he'll be back soon, and I think he's going to be a big help for the playoff push. Honestly, I, I I think it's a decent pickup, but considering that the Lakers are already injured, uh, Anthony Davis, Achilles, LeBron ankle, uh, you know, Drummond's hurt now. Um Honestly, I, I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be enough to beat it's gonna be enough to beat um, a team like Brooklyn. Uh, you see how Lamarcus Aldridge is uh, you know already fitting in in his first game um, with uh, with just Kyrie, and now you know imagine that whole team with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, um, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge. That team to me reminds me of of that Monstars team where you know. They just have superstars everywhere. And, you know, let's face it, guys, James Harden is the MVP right now of the league. And uh, as, as you know, as much as, you know, I said in the beginning that I didn't think it was going to work out, it's working out now. So um, I, I just think it's going to be too much. And I, I don't think I don't think even the Lakers are going to be enough if they're if they're not healthy to come out of the West. Yeah, I mean, the Andre Drummond move was absolutely required for the Lakers to stay relevant. And that was just out West. I mean, they've been horrible without AD, uh, and with LeBron out, they've been just as wor- as bad, um, you know. And there's real concern if they're going to have to play into the playoffs at you know uh, a seven seed, right? Because um, the West is absolutely stacked. The Lakers are going to they they need to depend on a lot of things going their way. LeBron getting healthy, AD getting healthy. Right, Drummond was a little banged up, but it looks like he should be all good. Um, him staying healthy and the rest of the team developing a chemistry, yeah. uh, while you know their big two are out. And then when I, I don't have an, I don't think there's going to be much, much, much time needed with LeBron James, um, because he, he, he'll play with anyone and, and he'll develop a chemistry with, with everyone. Um, you know, it's just by the time that all happens, we're already you know, a game or two into the playoffs or at, you know, a game or two before the playoffs. So it doesn't give them a lot of runway. They really need to to, to have the perfect storm going for, for them. And yeah, like Junie said, like Brooklyn is cooking. They are scary to watch right now. Um, we, we haven't even seen the best of them right, right now, right? They, they can absolutely get better. And that's a scary thing. Like, 
a lot of people were upset with the decision in LeBron James, right? And the big three that they made in Miami. Oh, this is like far worse than the big three. Um, at, at least LeBron in Miami, they had Boston to contend with, right? With that big three. No one's contending with, with, with the Nets right now. They are that but dominant. Chemistry does matter. And, you know, of course, this you need Anthony Davis and LeBron to be healthy in the playoffs. But if they are, I still think the Lakers have a slight edge over Brooklyn because of chemistry. Now, Brooklyn is doing well right now, but it's with those three guys not playing together. It's been a variety of two at a time. What's going to happen when all three of them are back and healthy? I know that right now they're saying the right things, but there will reach a point where, you know, they're all going to want their touches. And if, you know, one of them feels like the other two are getting more, it could cause some, some rips. Because the thing is here, Harden is hungry because he wants to be a champion. But Kyrie and, and Durant, they've, they've won championships. So they care about their own, um, their own numbers as well at this point in their career. So you have to wonder if they are as committed as Harden, I'm sure, is in trying to capture this championship. And then you also have to take into consideration that Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge have been used to being the man. Um, And even though, you know, they come in saying the right things like, oh, yeah, I'm all for, you know, trying to chase this championship. Will it bother them if they have a game where they only play 10 minutes? Yeah. Or um... what? Or, or, or what about DeAndre Jordan? I mean, he was pretty much told that he's going to be phased out of the rotation in favor of Blake Griffin and um, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. So, I mean, how does that make DeAndre Jordan feel? I mean, that dude is an all-pro, all-defensive player, you know, like, and he's been a big part of them gelling so far this season. So, like, to be told, you know, 60 games in, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to not play as much anymore, you know, Yeah, I mean, just taking a look at the history of these players, let's all remember that James Harden also had to share time with a Kevin Durant and a Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. So, and he and he did the same thing, you know, with Houston. Um, So I don't think it's anything new to him. Uh, With Kyrie, you know, with Cleveland, he had LeBron James and he had Kevin Love. This isn't something that's new to them. They've they've all dealt with this before. Um, And you know, Lamarcus Aldridge. He, he comes from pop system. He's one of those guys where I think he's just going to be a team player and he's, he's going to do what's required of him. A lot of this is going to be ring hunting and putting the ego aside. I'm sure that there might be a flare up if they start to go on a losing streak. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. And it's going to take a, a string of bad losses for that to, to, to happen. And I just don't see that happening. And we bring up uh, injuries with the Lakers. What about with Brooklyn? Um, Should we be concerned about Durant being out this long with the hamstring issue? I mean, we remember that the last time when I was the Achilles, it was being called a calf injury the whole time. You know, no one ever brought up the term Achilles until he re-injured it and it was completely torn. So is there something else going on with him that maybe Brooklyn isn't, you know, really telling people i i honestly don't think there is i mean i think they're just being cautious with him especially because he's been out for a minute um but going back to uh uh, the chemistry part of brooklyn i think the question going into it was was how is james harden going to fit 
Well, we know what James Harden is now. He's the point guard of the team, which is perfect because he leads the the, the league in assists at 11.1. So now Kyrie gets his touches. KD will get his touches. KD's a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands. And then going back to, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, uh, L.A. is a guy who's unselfish. He's always been that way ever since uh, the Portland days. And, and, and at, at this point of Blake Griffin's career, he knows – uh, what he is right now and and he's a role player and um you know he he still has that sneaky athleticism uh, that we that we always expected from him um so in, in terms of the chemistry i think they're going to be fine um but in terms of contending i think the miami heat are going to actually contend very well with them um in terms of uh the east uh picking up uh, victor oladipo um i think that's going to be a battle um, in the East, um, I don't even think Philly's going to make it, even though they were they were the front runners in, in, in the beginning. But uh, I think Brooklyn and Miami is going to be a showdown, and it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Oladipo. Did did Houston fuck up this trade with with um, with Indiana by shipping um, Karis Levert, who they received from Brooklyn, to Indiana instead of keeping them? And getting all the depot in return, who they only kept for half a season. Like, does this make them look bad in this trade now? Well, it's tough. I mean, we'd have to see more from Oladipo. So far, it looks like it's pretty bad, but it looks like Houston is in a complete rebuilding phase. It honestly doesn't look like they intend on, you know, competing for anything this year, next year, or two years from now. They honestly, it honestly looks like they're just trying to tear the yeah, house down. They're tanking. Yeah. And you feel you feel bad for Steven Silas. You know, it sucks. His first head coaching opportunity, the the son of the legendary um, you know, Coach Silas. So like it just it sucks that his first opportunity comes in a tank complete rebuild mode. You know, you you'd hope that Houston won't blame him for sucking for the next two or three years and they give him a chance to actually coach that team once they have the talent again yeah who knows it's one of those things where it's a wait and see but yeah definitely not a great time to be a head coach in houston also and also also not a great time to be a houston fan with the texans obviously the astros and now the rockets i mean yeah you know the astros are cheaters um watson's a pedophile <laughs> and 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 the and the rockets suck so i mean like yeah it just sucks to be a houston fan right now they just have sucks. problems all over the place you know they like have the university you know, of houston to look and, forward to in the final four but the, we can talk about and, that later yeah and the problem you know like with with watson is like you know like he's about to reach the level of that song by uh um by uh jay-z you know i got 99 problems and they're all therapy uh, massage therapists like i mean like it's like god damn man every day we're hearing more and more come out of them like it's just it looks really bad for him yeah it's it, it's it's a tough situation for houston overall yeah but before we move on from the nba um durant did have a back and forth interaction and not a good one with michael rapaport who we know is a troll we know you know he likes he likes to fuck with people and he, i mean he got under you know durant's skin and you know durant had some anti uh 
some not very nice things to say to him. Let's just say he was fined fifty thousand dollars by the NBA. But this is not the first time that Durant finds himself in hot water for comments he makes to others. You know, he's gotten into it with Stephen A. Smith. He's gotten into it, you know, with with other players. Do you guys think that there is an oversensitivity issue with with Durant, like? Like does does he take himself too seriously, or do you guys think that he's just a very passionate individual? Um, you know, Katie is one of those characters that's sort of a hard uh, guy to get a hold of. I, I remember a, a couple of years ago there was the whole, um, you know, mystery Twitter account that was apparently linked to uh, a Kevin Durant. So this is like nothing new to to him. It wouldn't surprise me if if there was more out there that just hasn't been leaked yet. Um, and, and I'm sure that this is a way with that. This happens with a lot of high profile celebrities and athletes. It's just, this one just went public and it was a huge social media feed. And well, you know, and, and let's be honest, 50 K is nothing to Kevin Durant. It's no, he probably change. carries that in his pocket. Yeah, absolute chump change. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think this would be more alarming than the injury. Um, if you can, if if you can get under his skin on this level, I, I think it was just two people talking shit, and Rappaport was butt hurt, so he, you know, he decided to put it on social media, and then this whole thing blew out of proportion. Um, I do, however, think KD is uh, is very sensitive at times, especially, you know, having the 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 Twitter uh, burner account, the fake account. Um, I mean, he, he has a history of, of, of doing petty things. Uh, yeah. But at, at, but in, in, in terms of this situation, I, I think it was uh, Rappaport being butthurt and just two people talking shit to each other. So I don't think it's a really, I don't think it's a big deal, honestly. And like what you guys said, 50K is nothing to KD. So good thing you bring that up, Jenny. Stephen A. Smith brought up on first take this morning that Michael Rappaport broke the bro code pretty much by exposing this on social media that like, you know, this was like, you know, a private conversation between two dudes and that it should have been kept between them two. Do you guys agree with Stephen A that Michael Rappaport went the little bitch route and um, shouldn't have exposed this to the, to the media? No, um, listen, th- th- first of all, I don't think KD and Michael Rappaport were ever bros to begin with. Uh, th- th- they they got along on a professional level, and that's all. That's about it. I mean, Michael Rappaport is a professional comedian. He and his job is to get under your skin, like, like he called out the president, Donald Trump. Like, you know, on IG, he didn't really care about anything. He'll put you on blast for for for, for anything that he deems fit. He, he and while while a lot of people would have kept it public. You know, he's not a bro with KD. He's not on that level. So was it a punk move? Not really, because we all know that this is what Michael Rapport's about. That is true. Very good point. So, um, yeah. Did you want to bring up something else, Jenny? Uh, I, I thought it was a punk move. You know, Rapport talks shit all the time. And the moment that someone talks shit back to his face, you know, he he's going to get butthurt about it, so... I do think it was a punk move, and because uh, because my my Michael Rapport is the king of talking shit, so I mean, yeah, that, 
that's the only reason why it did surprise me that he exposed us because he always is talking shit. I mean, he was a part. He was a part of uh, Ice Cube's Big Three turn, uh, league, right? Like he does like the sideline reporting for that, and he's always talking shit to the retired um, um, pros that like participate in that league, and he's always getting into it with them. So like, this is what he does. So like, that's why I'm surprised that like you know he did it with KD, and then he had exposed like, oh, he said these things to me. Yeah, you uh, know, it's just it's just his way of making the Knicks relevant. We all know he's a diehard Knicks fans, and let's be honest, um, New York is now home of the Nets and not the Knicks. Well, yeah, because they're in Brooklyn now, so they're they're not they're not in that god awful place called New Jersey anymore. They're in they're in New York now. Okay, they're in the real New York. Okay, they're not you know okay. like in the they're not in the ugly redheaded stepchild home anymore. They they've come home to the mansion, you know, and mm-hmm. and many people you know they they prefer Brooklyn, and that does seem to be and they're not owned by Dolan, you know. Yeah. So I think that that has a lot to do with it too. Um, but anyways, moving on, Brad, you should be excited. Your San Francisco 49ers are making moves. They traded three first round picks for the chance to pick between possibly Wilson, possibly uh, Lance um, Fields or, or Mac Jones. Um, you know, uh, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I think it's great. I think we're going to draft an offensive lineman to protect Jimmy T for the next seven years. <laughs> I, I, I think anyone that thinks we're drafting quarterback is on something. No, but no, honesty. Um, when, when I saw the news, I was quite frankly shocked. Um, I didn't think that they would trade this much and try to go that and try to go up to three. Um, if they were trying to make a move, um, you know, it really, you said it earlier, you don't make uh, this kind of move. Um, if you don't intend on drafting a quarterback and that's full and that's, that's what I think they intend on doing. Cause if they were looking at a wide receiver or another position, I thought that they could have easily traded into, you know, the like six, seven, seven, or eight. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around that line and, and not have to pay this much. So yeah, to, to me, San Francisco and that staff, they have a grade on, on one, two or three quarterbacks that they all think, they can pick up at pick number three. And personally, I think it's between three quarterbacks. I think it's between Wilson. I think it's between Mac Jones. I think it might be between uh, uh, Lance uh, with Fields being the odd man out just because I don't think he fits into the Kyle Shanahan system. So those are the three names that I'm looking at. Um, you know, I, and, and let's not forget who they are drafting behind. They're drafting behind a team that they're extremely familiar with the, uh, the now Robert Salah led New York Jets. So I think they have a good bead on what the Jets are going to do at pick number two. And they know that the player that they want is going to be available at number three. And that's why they were willing to pay this price because they like the grade this much. And they're in that confident in it. And only time will tell if it was a good decision or a bad decision. I thought it was a, a very bold move for them to give up three first rounders extremely or for the, for the third pick in the draft. Usually when you give up three, it's for the first or the second. Um, This kind of reminds me of that RG three trade, you know, when uh, the Redskins at the time gave up their, their future for uh, RG three. And it's funny because Kyle Shanahan was uh, the the OC at the time uh, for that team. So 
Um, I do agree with Brad in the sense that I, it's definitely going to be a quarterback. Um, I think it's going to be either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick probably Trey Lance because of the upside. Um, I think Justin Fields uh, uh, can't read uh, defenses. Um, I think he's very uh, – uh, uh, he's, a, he's a college quarterback, and uh, I think he has a lot to learn at the next level. So, um, But uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know, man. I love Justin Fields. Like, I, I just I have a feeling about him. I think he's going to be great. I, I know it's – I know Lawrence is the clear-cut number one, but I like Fields more than I like Wilson. And I, I, I think he will – I, th- I think he will be a really good quarterback. Yeah, he will and- surprise he will surprise people much like um, much like uh, Jackson did, you know, with uh, with the Ravens. No one expected much from him. That's why he slipped to the last pick in the first round. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of what makes this move by San Francisco so intriguing, is because there are so many quarterbacks there that w- that all are around the same area that we've all like just between the three of us we all have different opinions on who they on who san francisco should pick i totally understand trey lance i also understand justin fields after that pro day he put up with that crazy 40 time right in in those deep bombs i think he has accuracy issues that kyle shanahan isn't gonna love um you know he clearly has more upside than 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 all the other quarterbacks um but Trey Lance, he's sort of that middle ground. And to me, Mac Jones and Wilson, I think it fits the Kyle Shanahan system. A guy that may not be flashy, may not have all the arm strength or talent in the world, but he's just going to make the right read and put them in a position to win. Uh, I think one game we can reference is the Minnesota game, the playoff game. Um, after Jimmy G threw those interceptions, I, they ran it like 17 times in the second half. Like, and pass it like three times. And and I think that was very telling of the court kind of quarterback that he wanted. Don't turn the ball over. And I, I think that's where he's looking to go. Some people might say that's a steep price to pay for a Mac Jones. And I agree. I thought you might've been able to pick him up at the seventh, but you know, if there's a guy out there you like, don't gamble and see if he'll be around at pick seven, take the risk and jump up to seven to three and pick up the guy you want. And that's what San Francisco did. And yeah, I, like I can see it going any any of those ways. Lance, um, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, and- it's very it, that I think is going to be the most anticipated uh, pick. We all know what everyone's doing at number one. I think we have a clear indication on what's going to happen at number two, but unless something drastic happens at number two, I think everyone. The rest of the draft is going to depend on pick number three. Yeah, like we'll know what the Jets' plan is because if they decide to maybe trade with the with the Panthers or something, you know, that that could be an indicator, a clear indicator that they are going with Darnold and they're going to solidify the rest of the team. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm getting like Haskins vibes from uh justin fields especially with the the stuff that came out the other day about his work ethic how he's the last one there and the first one to leave i mean that sounds like Dwayne Dwayne haskins and let's be honest guys ohio state has a uh, pros everywhere wide receivers offensive line running backs it's easy to be 
uh, very good in that system. And what scares me about him is the, is the, is, was the one, you know, one receiver reads like he, like watching his tape, it wasn't that impressive to me. Yeah. He did have a great game versus Clemson, but, and, and he had a, you know, he, his season was okay, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that give me red flags about him. And I just, I don't trust him. Yeah. And to me, like a guy that is that inaccurate, that just doesn't fit the Kyle Shanahan system. So, so that's why I don't have him going there. Um, but, but yeah, I could see them taking him, you know, as a one-year project and keeping Jimmy G. I've heard that narrative tossed around, you know, not starting him immediately. Um, but man, that's, that's an expensive game to play. Well, I don't know, Brad. Uh, I think uh, all the teams in the NFL are going to be uh, rushing to the phone because the 49ers announced that it would take a first round pick to pry uh, Jimmy G away from them. So, oh, he's out. He's know. worth two first round picks, maybe even three. <laughs> are, are you sure they didn't send their April Fool's joke a day late? <laughs> no, their I April mean, Fool's joke was let's just, Kittle to, let's just think to about it this way, Brad. They traded a second round pick for him when he was like 25 with like all the upside in the world this is like five four years later like three injuries later and a lot of disappointment later yeah yeah and to any to any executives that might be listening any head coaches i want to give you one stat jimmy garoppolo is 24 and 8 as a starter okay (laughs) that is worth two first round picks fellas um, so ship him to San Francisco for Jimmy G. Um, it's quite the bargain. 24 and eight. You, you name yeah. me a rookie in this draft class. That's going to get you that kind of a record. Good old porn star, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know guys. I don't know about that one, but you know, speaking of pro days, I mean, I was highly impressed by Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Um, he ran a four, four guys. I mean, this dude is a tight end who has the body of a receiver, who, who has the speed of a receiver, but the body of a lineman. Like, could he be, like, maybe the best player in this draft outside of Lawrence? He could possibly be the best player in this draft. Um, if I was to compare him to anyone, um, I'm actually not even comparing him to other tight ends. The comparisons I would give you would be a Calvin Johnson or a Randy Moss. This dude is a freak athlete out there who is that much bigger, can jump that much higher, is that much faster, who's going to be an absolute game changer out there. Yeah, he's he's I think he's the best player in the draft. I, I, he he uh he has that Chase Young um crown this year in terms of the best player in the draft. Uh you know, let's look at the comparison, like what Brad said with Calvin Johnson. Both are six five, Kyle Pitts is two forty five, Calvin Johnson is two thirty-nine. Wingspan. 83 and three eighths for Kyle Pitts, 82 for Calvin Johnson. And then, and then the 40 time four, four for uh, Kyle Pitts and four, three, five for Calvin Johnson. So the comparison is not Travis Kelsey. The comparison is Calvin, Calvin Johnson, which is a, uh, which is a very good comparison. And, which you know, Cal- wonder, you know, yeah, he, he not, might go down be a as, receiver. He, he, I think he's going to play both receiver and tight end. Cause you get paid more money as a receiver. I mean, we've seen, especially when it comes to the franchise tag, you get fucked if you're um, listed as a tight end instead of a receiver, you know, it's a big yeah. difference in payday when it comes to the, the franchise tag. That's yeah. where it, 
And, and I think that's where this thing gets interesting because we all are sort of depending on what San Francisco is going to do. But man, when a guy like Pitts is going to be available to Atlanta Falcons, at pick that's what four, I was thinking. He should right? not get past four. But he absolutely could. Uh, Matt Ryan isn't getting younger. Do they really need another talent with Julio, with Julio and Ridley out there? Like, like Atlanta can go a bunch of different ways, can go linemen. But yeah, imagine a oh, yeah, Pitts going to, is, uh, uh, to the Bengals, there. right? But do the Bengals want a pass catcher or do they want another offensive lineman if one's still available? What if he falls to Miami, you know, versus other wide receivers? I, I think yeah. this has been this is going to be the most entertaining draft that we've had in quite some time. I agree. Anybody else that's impressed you guys in these uh, pro days that you guys can think of? Uh, the linebacker from Penn State. Um, what's his name? Micah. Micah, yeah. His, uh, I think he ran out at a four, four. Five, Micah Parson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he ran a four-five uh, at his height and and uh, um, his his weight. I mean, you know, these uh, these uh, defensive de- defensive players are, are insane. I mean, uh, four yard, oh, actually a fourth, uh, four three nine at linebacker vertical thirty nine and a half broad jump. 134. I mean, these are, these are offensive, uh, offensive, uh, you know, these are receiver numbers and he's a linebacker. So I think he, uh, impressed me the most, especially, um, at that linebacker position. Yeah. If anyone really impressed me, I thought it would have been Wilson. I thought his was the most revealing and he really solidified, you know, being the number two pick. Um, but outside of Pitts, I don't think anyone really stood out. You know, everyone sort of did what what I, what, what was we expected. Were expected of them. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good players available, and man, it's it's a good time to be drafting, especially high in the draft. Definitely, you know, definitely, and it's a good time to be Bears fans because you got Andy Dalton to look forward to. Yeah. QB one, QB one. QB1, baby, Andy Dalton. Well, there's there's a team right there that was willing to give up three for Wilson. They could absolutely give up one for Jimmy G. <laughs> but they already promised Andy Dalton that he'd be number one. Well. No take backs. Okay. I mean, I get it, but, you know, Jimmy's available, Chicago Bears fans. Just ring up. Kyle, maybe you guys could probably even talk them into two because I mean they traded up to draft uh, um, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jimmy G is worth three first round picks at this point. I've, I'm raising the bar. I mean, in hindsight, I guess you know it's not so bad that they passed up on Watson considering his current situation, but you know they still passed up on Mahomes, so that one still looks bad. But you know, before we go tonight. We got the final four coming up of the March Madness. Um, you know, it it looked like we were gonna have a lot of double digit seeded teams, but it's down to uh, number one seeds Baylor and Gonzaga, and they're go Gonzaga's going up against UCLA, and Baylor's going up against Houston. Brad, are you excited? Your UCLA Bruins, the Bruins of your heart, 
made it to the final four. Are you cheering for them? Yeah, you know, that that other team in Los Angeles, the the Bears, the Bears of Los Angeles, you know, they, they sort of got lucky. Um, they had to play into the conference and into the tournament. They weren't even the best team in LA, let alone the Pac-12. Um, but, you know, I'm sort of happy for them because it sort of brings respect to the Pac-12 conference. But I, I think the conference actually earned it themselves with, with all their fantastic play. But I don't want to see them win. I, I don't, I hope they get bounced by Gonzaga. I hope that they just get a, the whooping put on them because I can't have that. I, I just can't have that. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I just need to see them lose. And I hope that, you know, on Saturday, the Gonzaga does it to them. But yeah, so far it's been a very entertain entertaining tournament. Um, you know, glad that we got one this year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's exciting because it, it is a Pac-12 school. It is California, but I agree with you, Brad. It's kind of hard to kind of get behind them when you're a big SC fan, you know. So, I mean, I wish it would have been SC, but SC ran into Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. So Yeah, I thought it was a great season for them. Um, Evan Mobley, uh, he had quite the season. Um, well, he know, returned all American. No, he he's predicted to go one or two um, <laughs> behind behind Cade Cade um, out of OK State. Um, yeah, I I don't think he's gonna be back. His brother might definitely be back, but it, it's one of those things where the the program is trending in the right direction. Uh, the transfer portal is crazy for basketball. Uh, I think yes. there's like a thousand. Especially because of the fifth year, the fifth year yeah. extension due to so COVID. Like, like, like if, if you have a solid program, you can get a lot of instant impact players. And I think that's what Andy Einfield and this SC program is looking to do. Um, but yeah. And how, could I, and how can I almost forget to talk about Marquette? I mean, they fired the coach. The last time we were here I was pleading for them to fire their stupid coach. That sucks. And they fired Wojnowski. So, I mean, it was a great day. And then they got Shaka Smart, who I've been wanting for like six years. But he, you know, at that time, he took Texas over. He chose Texas over Marquette. But he's come home and he's going to rebuild that program with, you know, solid, solid, solid um, recruits. Because I'm sorry, man, but Wojnowski was fighting way too many uh, pasties to play on our team, man. Like he, we lost our identity, man. We yeah, we were known. It's tough for to the... want to get talent to to Wisconsin, um, exactly. Of all places, but you know, um, but but the but like um, um, back when they had um, what's his name, uh, Williams, um, Coach Williams. I can't remember his first name, but he. He, where he really was strong was in the junior college pool. That's where he got Jimmy buckets from. That's where he got guys like Dwayne bikes from. That's where he got guys like Jamil Wilson from. These were guys that were in the Juco system. And, um, you know, that, that was part of the strength of Marquette. And like you said, Brad transfer portal, that, that is where Marquette would get a lot of their talented guys. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, now with Shaka smart, that'll happen again, but yes, yeah. It is a good day again to be a fan of Marquette basketball. Yeah. 
But yeah, you know, who are, who are you rooting for, guys? Oh, in baseball. Oh, Final Four. We got oh. Baylor, Houston, um, Gonzaga. I'm, I'm and going for Gonzaga. Gonzaga. They had the Gonzaga. perfect season. Yeah. I'm going for the yeah. Zags. They deserve it. You know, they, they, they should have won. They des- they should have won it last year, but there wasn't a tournament. So hopefully, you know, they get their much deserved victory hold, hold, this year. Guys, if if they if they go perfect, is is that some sort of record? Because UC, UCLA did it right back in the day, like a perfect season, Syracuse. and, and um, a perfect. What was it Syracuse? I don't because uh, I don't think that they would have the wins because uh, I don't know how many consecutive wins they're at because I think it might date back to last season too. Yeah, because they're they went perfect this year. So and they and they've been destroying the competition in, in the tournament. They've been like the only true dominant um school like mm-hmm. the team in this uh tournament so they've been winning by 20 plus i mean even usc who had been playing really well they beat by 20 yeah um uh just doing a quick google search uh undefeated national championship since 1939 last time that's actually happened was uh indiana 75 76 oh. oh. and then it was done by that other team in use in in la four times and then the Tar Heels, and then San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so it would be quite hey, the accomplishment. You know, yes, for that school in Spokane, Washington. They deserve it. They, they you know, no. they've been great uh, for, for decades. And I mean, and I they haven't gotten the respect they deserve because they are in a small conference. All right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Hopefully, the Zags, you know, get it done this year. But, all righty, guys. That is our show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, be safe out there. I know the world is reopening. Um, um, you know, baseball is back. Baseball is back. Um, woo-hoo, you know, woo-hoo. Um, uh, fans will be allowed throughout the, the major leagues, you know. Hold so- on. Hold on, Jose. Let's get it right. Baseball back. Baseball is back and the Angels still suck. So let, let's let's get it they back. Did- they won last night, so I mean, at least we we have a winning record for one day. Okay, it's actually we, you know if you're going to be a baseball fan in Southern California, now might be the time to hop on board. Uh, Tatis and the Padres, I think they're the hot team to hop yeah. on. Yeah, if you're looking to hop on anything, but I think this Dodgers the, team could make a nah. run at the all-time record set by that Yankees team. Let's not call this that Dodgers team. Let's call it that other team in LA because the true the true team in LA is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Brad. Uh, the Dodgers last year were actually pretty damn good. I no, think. they're 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 fantastic, and I mean, and they have Mookie Betts now. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, like, I think it will be quite the year. Um, but again, I'm still not interested in baseball. There's other and things. And didn't they that... also get didn't they also get that pitcher from? Uh, uh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, related Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, think I, I, know who... I wonder if now that he'll be in LA, he'll actually smile more because that guy never smiles, man. He's like Shawn Michaels in 97, you know, doesn't have a smile. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't know, but yeah, L- let's see what. And, you know, and like cities like uh, Tampa and, and Miami, you know, they were excited because, you know, by only being allowed initially to have like you know 15 20 percent attendance it wasn't going to look bad for them the fact that nobody goes to watch their games but now that you know states like florida have fully reopened 
they're gonna be like oh sure everybody come watch the the marlins and come watch the rays yeah i don't know if that's gonna happen it's still baseball um you know it is what i don't think fans are that excited to go outside update on the padres game today guys they're up 3-0 top of the six blake snell eight k's it's also one of the best parks in america so you know Petco Park is definitely going to be the place to be in in summer. Yes, just don't try to park in downtown because you won't find parking. Yeah, you can find, but, you, you can find parking at the Jack in the Box, right? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah. You know, if you <laughs> want to not have your car there two hours later, you know, but yeah, go ahead and park at a, your local uh, Jack in the Box establishment. I'm 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 definitely hopping on the on the Padres train, guys. They're they're going to be great. Uh, book I'm a ticket in. for me because I'm on yes. board. Come on, Jose. I mean, I'm not going to abandon Jose. the Angels because th- this is the Pujols farewell season. But I will be excited for for the San Diego Padres to be better than that other team in L.A. Tatis, Machado, Snell. Ooh. No, they, they're legit. You know? Well, loaded. I just... Yeah, they're loaded. And, and I truly hope that they have the best record in the NL when it's all said and done. And I hope that every city that hosts the Houston Cheaters boos the hell out of them. Because if they think that because there was no fans in attendance last year, people forgot that they're fucking cheaters. Hell no. Everybody remember, they cheated. And once a cheater, always a cheater. But all right, guys, that's our show. Until um, right. the next one. Happy Good Easter. One, Good luck Happy in with Easter, those Easter icons. Yes. Later. Happy Easter.